Hello again. Welcome. It's so much fun to be here with you. I'm Jordan Rich, and you're listening to The Brattlecast, brought to you by the Brattle Bookshop of Boston. And the man himself, Ken Gloss, who is there every day, walks to work early in the morning, leaves late in the afternoon or evening, and uh, is just raring to go. And it's great to have you on The Brattlecast, as always. Today, I think a lot of folks are going to be keying in on this because I know of many, many friends and colleagues who collect autographs and still find them fascinating. So what are we talking about today? Well, I've run into two albums of autographs lately, and and they're interesting, fun, and a little bit different, and there are questions that come up. I I got called by a lady on the South Shore, and she said, my aunt, I think it was her aunt, had collected autographs. And it it, it was an album that show you just she put them in yeah. you know what would be a normal album, photo album type and, thing and and then put them in glassine sleeves a few of the things that i find interesting in this she was particularly interested in um show business and so on but you know one of the first ones i pull out is an autograph of herbert hoover <laughs> uh, then then uh then i also have uh eisenhower and so there were politicians um, J. Edgar Hoover, you can't forget about him. Uh, they were friends with the Kennedy family, so there were a lot of Ted Kennedy. I didn't see uh, a lot of the uh, uh, Ted Kennedy in his campaigns. Uh, and then uh, I'm changing the page, Judy Garland. Um, and then she also had a, a relationship or a writing with uh, Parsons, who was the gossip columnist. Oh, yes, Luella and, Parsons. Of, you know, but it, it's interesting when you look at this, and she was writing, and there are other things that can come up when you do this. It's not just the autograph, but I'm looking to hear from the Adams House. Well, she was staying at the Adams House in Boston on Washington Street. The building is still there. It's next to the Opera House. It's empty right now. But what I think back at is I one time had a collection of letters of Harry Houdini, and a lot of them, when he came to Boston, he stayed at the uh, Adams House. That's very awesome. Very cool. Very cool indeed. And again, around the corner from the store. But then she uh, had one from the Tremont House. And the only reason I remember the Tremont House, which is at the corner of Essex and Tremont Street, right up by the Boston Common, it's it's an an apartment building right now, Mm -hmm. um, is that my father said one time when he was a young boy, Lucille Ball was staying in Boston. And she was staying at the Tremont House, which was at the corner of what? There's a Starbucks downstairs. If anyone ever gets to, Boston, I know it well, <laughs> my friend. You know that's but, my neighborhood, so I know it. But well. he was telling how uh, how beautiful Elizabeth. Uh, I mean, um, Lucy Lucille Ball was. Mm-hmm. But then you go through this, and and then a lot of them were just little pages signed by different uh, stars. But every once in a while, you go, and then there was a postcard. It was signed by Ronald Reagan. Hmm. So there you get uh, both. Then you sort of see, uh, I have one here of Ted Williams. She had Lefty Grove. So what this album was, is someone went around collecting autographs, uh, putting them together, pasting them uh, into pages. And then she also had some studio photos she wrote to people. And one of the things that her relative told me that was interesting about it, that I actually found most, is her her name, um, I'm trying to find her name, uh, Mr. Lee, her name was uh, oh, uh, Mrs. Uh, 
Mrs. Uh, Lee, but she, when she would write to people, she'd use her husband's name because she found less people responded to women uh, if they were requesting autographs sure. than if they were men. <laughs> and she said particularly the males were less likely to respond to her. So she started using a man's name to get her responses. Now, I've got a question for you, Ken. Oh. This was from an estate you ventured into to, yeah, to inspect? Was, uh, a lady called me up. She said she had these. They were cleaning out, uh, going through the closets. I guess it, this had been sitting here for years. Um, and uh, she finally uh, said that uh, they didn't, no one in the family was interested. I mean, I'm looking at a picture here of Arthur Godfrey. I mean, you might know who Arthur Godfrey is. How are you? How are you? Some of our <laughs> listeners might know who he is, but most people have no clue. No, it, I, I was telling you before we started recording that uh, I have a collection of autographs that was given to me by a radio listener years ago, an older lady. And when I opened this thing up, I mean, I've got a Babe Ruth, I've got Louis Armstrong's autograph, all these amazing baseball teams and stuff. And I thought, wow, I... I just want to hang on to it. I don't want to part with it. It's so special. But uh, by the which brings up a question: uh, Are you also very comfortable in um, discussing the the value of autographs with people? Sure. Is that part of your? Oh yeah, absolutely. Expertise. And if there are some that are particularly difficult authenticating, I have a group of people that uh. I work with that uh, we we do that on too. Uh, one of the things that comes up sometimes is when you're going through an album like this is people will ask, is the album more valuable as an album of what someone collected or is it the individual items? Uh -huh. And usually, quite honestly, it's the individual items. When you mentioned your um, uh, album that you had with Babe Ruth in it, the Babe Ruth autograph is probably worth more than 80% of the <laughs> yes, other autographs sure combined because you have that one or two names now this this album was collected in the 40s and 50s the one i have in front of me and you know it's a lot of fun to go through um i i see a few mickey rooney and uh joe lewis is in one of them but the reality is if you were going to sell this it would probably be more piece by piece than any one person being interested in the whole album um you know the everybody's album is their own. And these, this isn't something that people did new, new. There's another album that we're actually negotiating with somebody about, uh, which is a different era. It has a huge number of Civil War uh, Union generals. And the sort of, the interesting part about it, and I sort of cringe sometimes when I see it, these people obviously had lots of letters from these union generals. And what they did was cut off the signature, ah, paste to... <laughs> them into the album. And you sort of say, the interesting part is, what did this person say? What was yeah. in the letter? What was in the item? But at then it was very much many times the fashion to just cut the signature. And of course, it compacted things. Mm. But what was what's particularly nice about this album, and we're hoping that we're going to get it, is that, well, one of the first pages was an envelope that was sent by this man named Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and uh, it said, you know, please allow so-and-so. So the first page, you see Abraham Lincoln there. And then, then you go along in the album, and there was a, a Union soldier named Ellsworth. 
and he was the first Union soldier killed in the Civil War. Uh, and getting documents or anything signed by him is rare, so that was good. Then you go further in, and there was a five a five page letter of Robert E. Lee talking about Andersonville Prison and the prisoners there. And Andersonville was a horrible mm. place where a lot of the Union uh, soldiers got sent. Most of them died. Mm. Uh, but actually, an interesting thing, when you look at the Robert E. Lee letter, five, 10, even 20 years ago, that probably was worth more than it is now. And the reason is that Confederate generals, quote, heroes, whatever, are definitely not as popular with collectors as they were uh, back at that mm. time. So, you know, I was looking at that and go, oh, gee, you know, that would have been. But then I, the next page, I'm going, well, this is better now. There were two letters of Alexander Hamilton to his wife. Oh, my goodness. That's, so that's a treasure right there. With the play in the last few years, those have gone up to make, make up for the Robert E. Lee. Well, I was, I was thinking about this when you brought up the fact that they cut out the signatures. I, I, I don't know the history of autographs as we know them today, but I would imagine it really wasn't until the 20th century when the standard style of autographing things began. I can't see anybody in, unless Abraham Lincoln wrote his name on somebody's, oh, oh. somebody's no, envelope. No, I'll, I'll, uh, no, definitely not. There were people back in the 1800s, 1850s, 60s, who would ha literally have autograph albums. Now, people didn't travel as much. Uh, so the, the famous people weren't coming into places mm. as much or, or going. But it wasn't uncommon for people to, let's say, go to Washington and get as many congressmen and senators to sign their book, to maybe get the cabinet officials to sign their book. Obviously, the president would leave that up. So, no, that, that wasn't that unusual at all to have these albums. Also, where you saw them a lot is there were a lot of what they call friendship albums, where especially young women, but also men to some degree, would have an album and they'd have each of their friends, so, much like you do a high school year. Well, I was just thinking Nine, your book. Maybe write, <laughs> uh, write a little bit of poetry. Yeah. But those, those, they sold albums of that type. And a lot of the albums were very decorative and interesting. And obviously, the more famous they are, the, the better. Now, one of the things in this album I'm looking at is everything was pasted into the album. So part of the problem will be that the cost of restoring and getting them out individually is someone who's interested in Robert E. Lee might have no interest in in Alexander, you know, in uh, Hamilton, or they might not be interested in uh, a Union general or so on. So sometimes when you look at these, you not only look at the album, whether the signatures are dark and easy and clear, which are great, but also you know you're going to be selling them probably individually, how how much restoration is going to be done to get them out without tearing and ripping. The first uh, album but, you showed us, Ken, or showed me, yeah. which would feature the sleeves, was was really good for protecting the originals, right? They, they were, but uh, some of the signatures were pasted onto things and then put into uh, the sleeves. Uh. One thing I will say about a lot of people ask me about those sleeves the acetate sleeves are great, but a lot of times they have a black piece of paper mm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Take the black piece of paper, throw it away. It's very acidic, but the acetate is wonderful for it. So, and it's a great way to view and see the the albums. Now, the thing is, the album of these uh, movie stars and uh, with a few major ones, 
it runs into the hundreds of dollars. When you start getting into albums that have Alexander uh, Hamilton and Abraham Lincoln, that runs into the thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. So you, you can do it from all levels and uh, things, but also you're holding and touching things that they held and touched and signed. And and you also, you know, a lot of times look at the wonder about the person who put the album together. You can't always know them. You can't always get information. You know, in one case where I knew it was a woman and they told me the story about how she'd write as a man, that that adds some fun and not value, but fun to it. <laughs> Whereas the one back from the, um, you know, mid 1800s, uh, I'll probably never know too much about that person, but then your imagination can sometimes be more fun than the actual story. I only have one question that I have to ask. Yeah. May I have your autograph? <laughs> yes, uh, but we have to wait until the uh, we can see each other in studio. That's true. It's a little tough to... Well, you know, I, or actually, if you were sitting in a restaurant sometime and I was walking by, I'd be happy to sign a paper for you. And <laughs> Ken's alluding to a, a chance meeting we actually had in the city of Boston. And I mentioned you walked to work. You had, you do. You proved it. Walked right by me in an outdoor setting. It was delightful. And uh, next time we'll have you join us at the table. I promise you. I would lo- we would love to do that. And, and one of the great things about any of this type of collecting or talking about it or where people you deal with it's the social and the meeting and getting to know people and the friendships that develop. That's as important in collecting whatever you're collecting or whoever you're dealing with as it is the actual object itself. And, and that's a lot of the fun. Absolutely. He's Ken Gloss. I'm Jordan Rich. And remember, go to brattlebookshop.com and you can connect with Ken. If you have a, a particular topic that you'd like Ken to talk about, uh, he would be more than happy, wouldn't you, to... uh... Well, not only that, but I'm doing three topics today, but we have had some people asking questions, and uh, I was thinking that that the next couple, we might actually go from questions, and there were some appraisal questions, and I love it when they come in and people ask, and some of them turn out to be nothing special, and some of them turn out to be quite valuable, and sometimes people are just as happy when they what they have isn't worth anything. Uh, but I'll get into that in another Absolutely. Talk. You're listening to the Brattlecast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>